SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Thanks, Greg. Almost six minutes after six o'clock, we'll continue tracking that Amplat story here on the Market Update. Official word from Anglo-American Platinum uh, just a couple of minutes ago, and we'll bring you that in a couple of minutes' time. Also, some conflicting reports from NUM. Uh, we'll get to that and the reaction on the markets as well as uh, on the currency. That's to come. But first, Google it to Mfupi has your business news. Thanks, Hilton. Good evening. Sun International has announced that its chief financial officer and executive director, Robert Becker, will step down with effect from the end of February. After eight years with the group, Becker will be leaving to pursue his career aspirations. And research data suggests that Nigeria's economy is expected to grow slightly faster this year compared to 2012, driven by progress in the agriculture, banking and oil sectors, while inflation rates should ease slightly. Turning to the markets now, the JC All Share Index is closed in negative territory, down by just under half a percent at 40,512 points. The rand's at 8.88 against the US dollar, 13.70 to the pound, and 11.85 against the euro. Gold trading at $1,607 an ounce, a barrel of Brent crude oil at $118, and the platinum price at $1,687 an ounce. Thanks, Google. Just before we get to the markets, David, official word from Anglo-American Platinum: an incident occurred today at our Sipumulele mine in the Rustenburg area involving members of the Workers' Committee and NUM shop stewards. Workers' Committee members are contesting NUM's legitimacy at the mine and demanding that NUM vacate its offices. The company is currently in the process of validating union membership at Rustenburg and the mines north of the Pilansberg. A total of nine employees were injured when rubber bullets were fired by Anglo-American Platinum security personnel as they were attempting to evacuate the NUM shop stewards who were trapped in their offices. Three security personnel sustained minor injuries during the incident. All 12 injured employees received medical attention for non-life-threatening injuries. No one was fatally injured during this incident. And, of course, this uh, this contradicts some of the earlier reports that uh, we did get from Lesiba Seshoka uh, from NUM uh, and uh, indications earlier that there was one fatality. David, the market uh, reacting uh, very suddenly to this news. Anglo-American platinum down 5% and the rand against the U.S. dollar losing 5 cents mm. from 8.82 to 8.87 mm. literally mm. in a minute. Mm. Well, I think I think their fears, uh, the immediate fears were that there would be more deaths, that it would lead to strike action and uh, further violence. And we're not sure that uh, where this is going to lead because obviously there are tensions there. So it, it's strange. There was an article this morning in uh, the Financial Times, you know, mm. a featured article called uh, What's the Fading Rainbow? And, and I think... People are on alert. They're very nervous about what's happening here. It doesn't do us any good. And this is also coming on top of a sell-off in gold and platinum for other reasons. And the other reasons are that there's a belief that the global economy is turning around, America's getting better, China uh, rebounding. And therefore, there's the need that one had to hold gold uh, as a fear asset um, as, a fear, as, a, as an asset to protect you in fear, is no longer there. So we've had this massive sell-off as well. So put this all together, and our poor gold and mining sh- and uh, platinum shares have kind of come under a lot of pressure. If you do want to uh, check out that article that David is referencing, it is available on the Financial Times website, ft.com. Uh, right up at the top there, a fading rainbow. I read it this morning. Pretty, pretty good summary of, of where it, we it, are. It's a summary. It, it's not a harsh article. It's mm. merely uh, summarizing where we are and the tensions that exist. I think there's, there's not a huge amount of criticism, but a lot of questions being asked. 
about you know where South Africa is heading uh, in these circumstances. Also drawing attention to you know previous strikes that went back as nine, 1922 when miners striked mm. as well, and you know along the way. So, uh, but but it doesn't do us good. You know, it's uh, the question marks around South Africa and you know uh, and particularly South Africa as an investment destination. The JSE forty thousand five hundred and twelve, almost half a percent lower. Not much in the way of shares on the upside, at least not amongst the top 20 or top 30 shares on the JSE. Sunlum, very strong day, up 2%. In fact, the, we had quite a turnaround in financials towards the end. Uh, for most of the day, we were negative, um, but financials bounced back. I, I'm not, you know, one's not quite sure what's driving markets at the moment. We're in no man's land. No one wants to get out. Uh, because uh, you don't know where, and no one wants to come in. So you, you've got this tug of war. We're holding above forty thousand. It's 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 that kind of a market, and I think globally the same thing. You know, the news is better. You don't want to. You want to be in equities, but there's no compelling reason to to rush in. So it's just drifting sideways. I don't think it can fall from these levels. So don't fear about that, because I think the uh, you know the metrics just don't uh, support that. But on the other hand, there's no you know there's no immediate need to 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 drive in. A couple of trading updates out this afternoon. Avenge Construction mm. Group headline earnings for the first half up forty to fifty percent. Mm. That's a surprise. Mm. It is a surprise, and uh, I. We're starting to see better results come out of construction companies off the low base. Um, I think you've got to break down where they come from and you know which areas uh, are contributing to these gains. Um, I, construction shares mediocre today, not not much of a reaction. I think they've they've run ahead of perhaps some of the results, and and uh, also I think there are a lot of question marks of whether the spend is going to take place, whether we're going to see the kind of development that will actually uh, you know turn these into bargains. MassMart, uh, now majority owned by Walmart. Uh, update for the 26th weeks to just before Christmas. Headline earnings per share is set to be below 18 to 25 or 18 to 25% lower. And if you exclude transaction costs uh, related to that Walmart transaction, and if you exclude the impact of Forex, I wonder mm. why they're doing that. Uh, earnings up somewhere between 2 and 9%, which is not much to write home no. about. No, and the Forex can only come from... Uh, in fact, I thought Forex would be better. No, what mm. the, no the mm. Rand has actually depreciated. So we're earning – this is their uh, offshore assets, their uh, Africa assets. So, yeah, it would hurt them. But that's a little disappointing. And I think they've lagged. They haven't quite captured uh, the markets like everyone thought they would. You know, they're taking on shop rights. They're taking on um, you know, other companies in the fresh food market. And uh, we haven't seen it coming through yet. African Rainbow Minerals uh, earnings between 28 and 33 percent lower. Well, we knew expected, that. Expected for after Assol, you know, uh, after those results, um, I don't think it's a surprise at all. Not much else out on the market today. We are taking your SMSs uh, on the market update. 34701 with a keyword market. That's 34701 with a keyword market. Cost of two rand per SMS. We'll take your questions and comments until half past. Well, Ireland's independent news and media announcing last night that it had agreed to sell its South African business to a consortium led by Second Jalo for 2 billion rand. Independent is the country's largest English newspaper group with 18 titles, including the Star, Pretoria News, Cape Times, Isoleswe and the Mercury. Dr. Iqbal Serve is the chairman of Second Jalo. Dr. Serve, what was the attraction here? Your, your, your uh, company has got interest in fishing, telecoms, healthcare, technology, private equity. Why media? 
Well, Hilton, thank you for the you know for giving me the opportunity. It's uh, we've invested in about 170 different uh, companies uh, in different sectors, as you correctly say. But firstly, what attracted me to the independent group is the opportunity to bring the asset back home. Uh, it's a very important part of the history of South Africa. It's got good titles, very good people, and uh, it was time to bring this asset back to our country. So I'm delighted that at Second Jalo, we have been able to, to lead the consortium to do that. And uh, I would have applauded any other South African uh, businessman that would be able to bring the title back home, these titles back home again. So that's the first reason. The second reason is that... Um, you know, it's time that uh, we we use the media to uh, to positively engage with uh, our country, our continent, to integrate us effectively, both culturally, economically, etc. And Independent is a fantastic, uh, uh, has a great content platform, got a strong online presence, uh, great magazines as well. So you know, we've we've acquired all the business, not just the newspaper business, although that's what everyone is focusing on. And then, of course, in emerging markets, the print and the newspapers are actually growing. If you look at Brazil, India, China, you look at parts of Southeast, other parts of Southeast Asia, the print media is growing all the time. And so we expect the same growth to happen on the African continent and in particular uh, in vernacular titles. Dr. Survey, this the sale process has dragged on for a number of months, if not years. Uh, the process officially getting underway in the in the middle of last year. Were there many rivals in in this uh, in this bidding process? Well, I'm not sure about years. I mean, we've we've only participated in the formal sale process, um, which Independent started about um, July. Mm. Or I think it was about September last year. And uh, that has been quite an intensive one. And so, yes, we understand, and certainly from what I've read, is that there were a number of bidders that have bid quite, um, quite extensively and, you know, put pretty large bids on the table. In some cases, from what I've read, a few hundred million more than we have. Uh, but I think our bid was, you know, a very professional one. We were advised by Citibank's global media team. Uh, who are part of our sort of uh, structure, if you like, in terms of advice. And... Uh, and I think we did an extensive due diligence. I think they could sense we were serious and that we knew what we were doing. In terms of the funding for this deal, obviously not at liberty right now to, to divulge details. Is there local funding on board? Yeah, there's a combination of funding. I think, first of all, we are committing a substantial amount of our own funding as Second Jala Holdings. Uh, you know, we, we have got other partners on board, local partners and international partners. And uh, so, you know, and as uh, today, my phone has continued to ring from some interestingly new funders wanting to come in. <laughs> so there seems to be, I think people are really happy about the price. That's very important. It's a, it's a hugely profitable business, as you know, from the public accounts of INM in Ireland. Mm. Uh, you know, well over 300 million uh, profit a year. So, and if you look at like-for-like and other acquisitions in the media sector, you know, we've done very well here. Just in terms of these local operations, you have been quoted as saying that management have been surviving under some pretty tough circumstances. Are you going to be investing in this business? Very much so. Our approach is very much to invest and grow the business. Uh, We see that, you know, the, the management have, and employees in general, have had to deal with very challenging circumstances. Uh, due to, you know, the situation in Ireland. Um, and I think it's time that, you know, we give people real support, real resources, 
and uh, you know we give them the opportunity to 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 have a growth environment as opposed to a uh, a difficult challenging cost cutting environment but uh, you know it's always great when your management team can not just survive but actually be incredibly profitable under difficult times that when the good times come you know hopefully they'll they'll be able to use that very hard uh, experience to, to grow the business well. Is there space in the South African market for, for more new titles, Dr. Survey? Very much so, very much so. Uh, you know, independent has built up particular expertise, which I think is very difficult to emulate, in the area of vernacular titles. Mm. I mean, you, as an example, Iso Lairsway uh, is, is, is a huge success and, you know, almost as big as the Sunday Times now. Uh, which is a you know which is a very very well read newspaper, um, and I think that approach of you know uh, for two reasons one is you know people sit on taxis they sit on buses trains every day for two three hours they want to read something um, and they want to read something in a language they, they they understand which is the first language they want to engage uh, you know with with uh, the, with what's happening. Uh, so I think there's a huge growth opportunity, and this is what's being seen in Brazil, in other South American countries, in India, other Southeast Asian countries. There's no reason why it should be different in South Africa. So if there are going to be titles, they will not be in the traditional area. Uh, you know, it will be in the vernacular area. That's Dr. Iqbal Survey, the uh, chairman of Second Jolly. Let's bring in Anne Crotty, now editor at large at The Business Report. And you spoke with us in August last year and had been negotiating with the Irish owners on behalf of staff. Uh, at that stage, you did indicate that staff were looking for a stake in this business. Are you involved in, in this at all? We're not involved in Iqbal's consortium, but we are. Uh, I did meet with him um, well, I actually uh, spoke to him on the phone a number of times, and we, we did meet with him. And I think he sort of said that in, uh, in principle and philosophically, he supported the idea of the staff being involved as um, equity holders in the company. But we haven't actually, I have not spoken to him. Um, I contacted him this morning to congratulate him, but I haven't um, spoken to him. Um, you know, at, at this stage, well, since the announcement. So we might yet see uh, staff involvement there. Are you happy with this with this new investment, with the prospect of owners who, who are able to invest in the business? Um, you know, the, the prospect of having owners who would invest is, uh, you know, it's absolutely, it's wonderful. Um, as as um, Iqbal was saying, you know, this, this is a company that's actually been starved of any funding for the past, uh, I'd say, 10 years. You know, the Printing, I think, throughout the country has been closed down, except in Durban. The Cape Times building in Cape Town uh, has been sold. Mm. Um, and, you know, it just, uh, there, there was a sense of um, everybody in the organization just struggling to survive. Now, uh, what, what Egbert has been talking about now is pretty much what, how we see the potential for the industry, you know, um, the, the, the growth opportunities, um, we've, we, I think, have been sort of cowed by a, a, a Western, a, a, a European and U.S. attitude that print media is dead, you know, and that we, we've just got to get on, you know, uh, learn, learn to adapt to that. I, I think um, we certainly we do need to look at developing a much more vigorous uh, digital option, mm. but there is huge scope for print media. Um, as Paul said, you know, the, uh, people are in buses and trains for hours a day, they, and they don't want to read. Um, I mean, they want to read something that's in their home language. 
um, you know, and you know, we should have done that years ago, the Independent. And Crotty is editor-at-large at the Business Report. Let's bring in Jill Moody now, editor and publisher of grubstreet.co.za, also independent media commentator. Jill, obviously independent of four sellers in all of this. As for Dr. Server and his consortium, is this a brave bet by Second Jolo? Hi, Hilton. Um, yes, I think it is. You know, you don't buy newspapers today to make pots of money. You know, those, those days are, are long gone. It's tough out there for sure. So, you know, let's uh, let, let's see what happens. But, um, I mean, as Anne has, has pointed out, newspapers have been starved of investment. You know, is it too late to fix it up and turn it around? We don't know yet. But, you know, we. I mean, I'm sure everyone welcomes the fact that there's a local owner here on board and you know that we're gonna and he's saying all the right things he's saying he wants a growth environment so yeah Jill, in terms of media ownership and the, the debate around uh, transformation, given that this is a, a, a consortium with strong empowerment links, do, does this put that debate to bed for once and for all? Oh, I, you know, I, no, I don't think it does. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I mean, I, I think it, it changes the landscape somewhat, but um, I mean, the the ANC Mangon uh, resolu- resolutions have certainly sort of signaled that they wish to relitigate the um, Quest Freedom Commission. They want to they want to have another parliamentary inquiry and they want a transformation committee, even though the Press Freedom Committee um, sort of outcomes were accepted at the very highest level of the ANC. So I think that battle is still on. But this does you know, we've got a bit of a change in the, the wind here. But I mean of course we need to know more about the ownership structure, I would say, of independent of um, the second Jalo consortium. We don't know that much yet. Jill Moody is editor and publisher of Grubstreet.co.za, also an independent media commentator before her, and Crotty, editor at large of the business report, also Dr. Iqbal Survey, who is chairman of Second Jalo. Well, Case Bruchemans is consulting economist at FNB and joins us now. Case, your Rex column today entitled Why Corporates Are Holding On to Their Cash. And this is a tricky subject and a, and a topical one, uh, especially given that South African companies now holding over half a trillion rand, 500 billion rand in cash on their balance sheets. And politically, this, this often becomes uh, sensitive. But this is not only a local phenomenon, is it, Case? Um, apparently not. Uh, and in our case, I think it has become politicized in that lots of people ask why companies are doing this. Is it because of a lack of confidence in the country compared to finding that overseas a similar phenomenon exists? And uh, there, too, people have traditionally asked, are these companies building up large cash balances uh, because they feel that uh, growth is slow and under these circumstances they don't really want to in- invest in fixed uh, capacity? Uh, new capacity, and in the process then they built up cash, um, compared to saying, well, perhaps there are other reasons for it. And this is not anything that I have specifically with. I, I used to happen to notice an article in overseas newspapers, which uh, that uh, specifically in Canada, but also applying to, to, to the United States. It has a lot to do with the actual modern operations of, of large companies that probably is more cash-intensive. And I kind of wondered whether, in fact, the same thing applies to us, because I don't think institutionally we, we, we differ all that much. Case, you do point to this Canadian research, which was published in the Financial Times. And, and as you say, uh, th- this research seems to suggest that, that the world has moved on, uh, perhaps 
uh, and that these uh, these companies hoarding this cash, keeping this cash, this increased pile of cash on their balance sheets is not necessarily linked to the current environment we find ourselves in. And if you take a step back, perhaps perhaps the picture does become a little bit clearer. Yeah, um, this uh, um, researcher named Poshman at the Rao Institute in, in Toronto, he has uh, examined the data for Canada, and he has done it over a 20-year period, uh, a 20-year period in which a lot of things on the ground basically changed in the way large companies, especially in manufacturing and industry, operated. And um, he takes the view that uh, because of changes in trading conditions, improvements in technology, logistics, uh, in response to market incentives, um, a lot of companies have essentially um, lowered their use of infantries and accounts receivable, but they have increased their cash balances, their cash holdings. And the main reason for that, uh, for, for the increase in cash, has to do with the fact that they're now into uh, just-in-time manufacturing, and they have a far more sophisticated supply chain, um, but that also means that they need, they, have, they need to have the immediate means to be able to respond quickly um, if they, in fact, have to uh, order more infantry. Um, and you, you, you then find, or rather he found in Canada, for example, that as a percentage of the balance sheet, um, cash and um, um, uh, infantry uh, used to be of the order of 3% and 16% of the total balance sheet, in, uh, and, and today is 6%. That's Kees Burgemans, the consulting economist at FNB. David, very quickly, SMS in from Glenn. What's the news of Capitec? Are things going to be all right for people who have money? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's got deposits, sure. Mm. Share price came down, but I think that the the worries are exaggerated. Simple as that. Yeah. (laughs) Share price, yeah. Look, we've had such a good run over the last few years. Mm. There's there's bound to be a bit of digestion as as, uh, results catch up. But uh, I I wouldn't worry about the safety of my money. Well, it was a day where the JSE ended down 0.4%, 40,512 points. The real story in the Rand, 8.89 against the US dollar, weakening by 5 cents on the news of that shooting at Anglo-American Platinum. This has been the SAFA Market Update with MoneyWeb. Full transcripts of the program and business news available online at www.moneyweb.co.za. We're back at 6 p.m. tomorrow, 6.30 now, and time for Game Plan.